0: Off the Ball Daily. A home for your favourite podcasts from Off the Ball. You see yourself as the clubster? <laughs>
1: <laughs> grumpy, a man apart. Yeah, it's 11 in a row for you, much like it's 7 in a row for Clubston. Subscribe to the Off the Ball Daily podcast feed right now. Off the Ball Daily.
2: Welcome along to Thursday's Off the Ball Will with you sitting in for Nathan on this Thursday evening. Plenty to look forward to between now and 10pm. Waterford in an All-Ireland Camogie final for the first time since 1945. They will go up against red-hot favourites Cork who are hoping to win the title for the first time since 2018 on Sunday. We will be joined by former Dublin boss Adrian O'Sullivan who has managed many of the players involved at third level and Galway's Anya Keane who has faced off against Cork four times this year. Uh, Galway won on three of those occasions but Cork won the one that really mattered, which is the All-Ireland semi-final a couple of weeks ago. They'll be along in the next hour to look ahead to the final on Sunday. Keane Tracy will be with us just after nine o'clock. Ireland getting ready for their opening World Cup warm-up game against Italy. He'll be looking at the selection, which includes a chance for Jack Crowley to impress... At number 10 this weekend And John Giles is with us He'll be giving his opinion on Vera Powell versus Katie McCabe And also the community shield between Man City and Arsenal this weekend Delighted to mm-hmm. say Arthur O'Dea is here with us How are you Arthur? That's about so bad Will, how are you? And with Richie McCormick as well How are you Rich? Man, how are you? Ah look, we're struggling along at this point uh, Richie But we cannot complain as the week comes towards an end And look, there's plenty for us to have a look at Including the uh, football tonight And uh, Before we dig into it How are things going in the Conference League qualifiers at the moment?
1: Um, A phenomenal result for Derry City, I have to say, Will, this evening. They are through to the third qualifying round of the Conference League. Keen Kavanagh, Sadu Diallo and Michael Duffy all found the net in a 3-3 draw away to Koops of Finland. Derry win the tie, five goals to four, and they'll play the Kazakh side Tobol next. They were beaten 3-1 at home by Basel this afternoon, but went through 4-3 on aggregate at the expense of the Swiss Giants. The winners, as I say, uh, of that tie, and uh, Dundalk must overturn a 3-1 deficit at home to Ka of Iceland. There's a 7.45 start at Oriel Park. Four changes from last week's defeat as well in Iceland for Dundalk. Shamrock Rovers boss, Stephen Bradley, though, has abandoned the hope of progress from their tie with Ferencvaros. The hoops resume 4-0 down from the first leg at Tallaght Stadium, where kickoff is at 8 o'clock. But Derry, uh, so far at least tonight, Will, uh, the main story of the night.
2: Yeah, uh, look, that's an incredible result, Rich. I was kind of keeping an eye on it earlier on, come up to half-time when they were 2-1 down. And you're thinking, this is going to be difficult to try and turn this back around. Three all at the
1: time on aggregate. And it is a bit of an extra boost not to have Basel
2: in the next round as well.
1: Yeah, I mean God only knows how that Tobol tie is actually gonna go because I don't think many would have suspected looking at the draws the way they've panned out that the uh, giants like Basel will be falling in the third or the second qualifying round of the conference league, but Tobol did the job, got the one goal they needed tonight to put them out. Um, but again, we're beating three one at home, so there will be ample cause for Derry City to have at least a little bit of hope going over to going over to there, maybe being able to do a job on them as well here at home at the Brandywell um it's phenomenal for uh, for Rory Higgins and his team to have gotten that far in Europe. Uh, you look at the results across Europe as well. We pointed out KI and how they beat Ferencvaros, uh, Shamrock Rovers opponents in the Champions League qualifiers. They went and did a job on hacking last night as well on penalties in the in the uh, in the Champions League. So there's been a lot of odd results um across Europe so far in the qualifiers and who's to say that Derry can continue to benefit from them and maybe even who knows uh, the other two sides tonight.
2: Yeah, like, I mean, in fairness Rich, when it comes to KI, not that long ago, I remember sitting in the Aviva and watching Dundalk defeat them on their run through to the group stages. And now you see what um, KI are doing, the Champions League qualifiers. The other benefit is if you're KI, the further you mm. go on to this, the better chance you have of dropping into the Europa League if they lose the yes. next round
1: one. 100 percent. Yeah. And that's something that they'll, uh, the KI will clearly have their eye on. But um, yeah, like er- everything's like, what, two rounds away now, Derry City, perhaps, from the from the group stages. That's what they'll be looking at. They'll be in the playoff round after uh, getting past Tobol if they manage to do that over the next couple of weeks. So, um, yeah, we'll probably, that's the one thing that it's probably going to do is probably going to cause them harm and distraction in terms of trying to hunt down Shamrock Rovers in the title race, um, which is where Rovers will probably benefit from, from going out tonight, as we all suspect that they will. Um, that's going to be something to look out for because it has happened before, uh, where teams haven't been able to necessarily juggle their European exploits and being able to play catch-up with the amount of games that will be put on hold. Uh, they have done it already, whereby they've front-loaded those games that were going to be um, caught out, but they will be into territory now where they're looking to play games in hand, and that's always a tough place to be, especially when you're trying to chase down somebody. And then you have a team like Bohemians, let's say, who are, <laughs> what, five points adrift, <laughs> I think, and are in a rich vein of form and have the... Uh, the top-scoring striker of the moment in their squad. And uh, yeah, things are looking rosy in that garden and no outside distractions for them. So could be an interesting next couple of months, Will.
2: Max Matta on the move across England as well. He could could very well end up top scorer for the season, Richie.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, fingers crossed. Jonathan Affelabi is in the absolute form of his life at the moment. And uh, from my perspective, at least anyway, well, long may that continue. Uh,
2: See Arthur as a Sligo man and a Sligo Rovers. Well-wisher, I would say, at least. A well, yeah, no, definitely a
1: well-wisher. In that he wishes them no specific <laughs> <particular> harm.
2: <laughs> I don't yeah. Wish anyone any particular harm, yeah. Um, once again, Sligo allowing potentially a guy who could have been top scorer in the league again this season. So we've had Johnny Kenny in recent seasons. Adrian Kena has, or Adrian Keane, I should say, has now gone abroad. They were uh, top scorers in
0: the league over the last couple of years.
2: Sligo are really good at getting good scores and then watching them leave.
0: Yeah, it's tough and it would be very interesting to know what even... Because obviously, with Sligo, it's slightly unique in terms of the geographical side of it as well. Well, and I don't—it's not like an overwhelming thing, and I don't. But like, it is that bit harder, I suspect, to keep people there that bit longer once that interest does arise elsewhere like you do kind of underestimate it. like for such a small country like you are still if, if you're calling kind of doubling the hub you're still about three hours away from that in Sligo and it is tough considering that you're especially kind of bringing players in from abroad to keep them there that bit longer it's just that bit more difficult but I mean I don't know I don't know what you so think no about offense, that Rich.
1: he's moved to Shropshire well yeah, but you know what I mean Like it's still, <laughs>
0: you are that bit further away from the action as such yeah, yeah, that's true.
1: It's fair. Like it's 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 always going to be a tough ask yeah. for League of Ireland clubs
0: to hang on to
1: talented players. Like Bohemians, in the next few weeks, you would imagine they're going to lose James McManus, for instance, who's only broken into the first team a year. Uh, he's only just sad as leaving his heart. He's going to go. Uh, Drogheda will get to have lost one of their, their best young players as well. But when you have brought in uh, quote unquote talent, foreign talent, talent from uh, abroad, uh, like Max Mata, if an English club comes calling. There's no uh, refuting that he's going to go, and he has gone. And he's like he's going to be playing at a very decent level. Clearly, Matty Taylor, like what he saw when he was scouting him over the last few weeks, he's going to be going into a League One side. He could possibly even be a, a teammate of, of James Collins, uh, a former current who knows, a Republic of Ireland striker who may bounce down to to the New Meadow as well. So, like it's only a good move from Matta, but it shows, you know. It's, it's a shop window a decent shop window at the moment it's just uh, Sligo you would hope have pocketed a decent fee from that because I think he had 18 months left on his contract so if that was the case I don't think it would have been necessarily a derisory figure it's not going to be breaking any banks by any means but it's certainly going to make it worth their while to, to let him go Every time
2: I hear Matty Taylor's name Arthur did you hear Roy Keane's story about him?
0: Oh yeah 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 yeah. from Sunderland?
2: Yes Yeah. For anyone who missed it I know you're probably aware of this as well Richie Maddie Taylor goes up to have a look at Sunderland he was considering going to either Bolton or Sunderland at the time Roy Keane brings him for the full tour and the Stadium of Light and Maddie Taylor says to him in the car park difficult decision you know I'm probably going to have to sell this to the family so I'm just going to go away and have a bit of a think about this and I'll come back to you and Keane's like oh that's fine perfectly understandable and then Maddie Taylor texts him as he's driving past him in the car park and says I've had a thought I'm going to Bolton hmm. <laughs> Roy, Such Keane. A tough asko, isn't Roy Keane it? was reading his phone as he watched Maddie Taylor's car leave the car park
1: <laughs> Bolton or Sunderland though which should you pick well? <laughs> pick, pick your poison.
2: <laughs> I, you I, I, would, I, mean? I think Bolton were probably a little bit better at the time though
1: uh, if, I don't know much more, but in terms of somewhere to live you know yeah. like we're talking about the Max Matta swapping Sligo for Shropshire where are you, you going to go Bolton or Sunderland
2: I'm sure there are nice places you could live a little bit away from both and commute you said that not me I did um, <laughs> sorry uh, Bolton or Sunderland the I apologise already um, Rugby we're going to be talking about it with Keen Tracy <laughs> a little bit later on Ireland against Italy at the Aviva at the weekend and we were intrigued to see who's going to start in the number 10 shirt Richie particularly
1: Jack Crowley is the man. He's going to get a chance to stake his claim on Saturday night, named it out half for Ireland's first World Cup warm-up game with Italy, as you mentioned, at the Aviva Stadium. Crowley forms a half-back partnership with his Munster teammate Craig Casey. Elsewhere in the backs, Jimmy O'Brien starts a full-back with Keith Earls and Jacob Stockdale on the wings. Robbie Henshaw and Stuart McCloskey partner up in midfield. Dave Kilcoyne, Rob Herring and Tom O'Toole are across the front row. Ian Henderson captains aside from the second row, where he's partnered by Joe McCarthy, the Leinster man making his first start for Ireland. The back row is comprised of Ryan Baird. Caelan Dorris and Jack Conan. Tom Stewart, Kieran Frawley and Calvin Nash, meanwhile, will all make their debuts off the bench on Saturday. Head coach Andy Farrell was asked today about what he expects from Crowley on Saturday evening.
0: He's been going great. I, I've seen, I've seen uh, his confidence grow,
2: obviously from uh, what happened there at Munster. I've been able to navigate and help navigate his team through those difficult periods at the end and get some success.
0: I've seen his confidence grow. Um, the selection uh, at the start of the week for, for all the players is interesting, isn't it? Because as coaches, you're,
2: you're seeing everyone um, really get stuck in and uh, I'm, I'm really driving to get better every single day. And then the minute that selection comes, it's a different week, isn't it? As far as managing the team and, and being the, the, the main general, as far as Jack's concerned. So uh, we've been keeping a close eye on that, and he's been excellent so far. Excellent so far. Day off today in this evening captains run tomorrow hopefully the, the confidence continues well before we talk about the rest of the team Hank on YouTube at the moment Hi, will Hank. Will you let Arthur know I'm a massive Arthurite which you know that's what it came from the slight tangent this week halfway through his thesis he's in the 600s that have downloaded already this year I don't like Bob Dylan that's how much of an Arthurite I am how are you dealing with this Arthur seek help Hank Seek help,
0: because I am, <laughs> I am no help to you. Is this not perfect Thursday evening entertainment to read your thesis? No, 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 no. I mean, what, what possible use could it be to him? Um, it's bringing you nowhere, Hank.
2: Maybe he'll become a Bob
0: Dylan fan. No, no, I won't. Definitely won't do that for you. Um, do
2: you get any benefit from the amount of people who've downloaded this? No. No residuals. <laughs> zero. No, no,
0: no residuals. Zero. It's all. Uh, it's all out there for free. That's unfortunately the way it is. There
2: you go. You got to work hard, isn't Arthur the right to try and win his love, Hank? That'd be my message to you.
0: No, don't. don't, don't, no message to you. Don't, don't do that. Don't, don't even think about it. Follow Will; he's great. He, he goes everywhere. He's loads of stories. Sean and Tyler. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs>
2: lads. <laughs> Can you get Richie to clean his glasses? Ask him who's actually second ahead of Derry and Bowes
1: Saints for the league. Temporarily at St. Pat's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, everything's temporary. <laughs> I mean, everything, everything is temporary. Uh, but yeah, like today the, the the you're worried about St. Pat's is, is really the day to start digging your own grave, isn't it? <laughs> I <mean>. Bloody hell.
2: <laughs> right, St. Pat's fans, I do not associate myself with these comments from Richie. Bring it on.
1: Uh, well, you just slagged off the whole of Bolton and Shrewsbury and Sunderland, so, you know, by all means.
2: Far less likely to come after me than St. Pat's fans.
1: The sauce nigger coming for you, Will.
2: <laughs> uh, right. Uh, C on the text, 53106. <laughs> Reasonable question. Um, we'll throw this out to the audience has anyone else ever played 6, 7 and 8 for Ireland like Caelan Doris will do on Saturday this is Caelan Doris's I think third game he's ever played at open side so he'll have played all three positions for Ireland they want to try and work him out as a potential 7 backup but I don't know Richie if I can think of anyone who's played right across the back row no, no emergency um, situations maybe
1: yeah that's, that's the, the only thing I don't think anybody's been named to to start I'm scanning my brain you're probably going back to like the the uh, amateur days would probably be the last back to early 90s possibly the last time but I, I'd struggle to be honest with you so you, I'd need somebody more learned uh, than me uh, somebody possibly more learned than the arthroids out there uh, <laughs> to help us try and ascertain who's, who's started at least in all three positions across the back row but we are I think heading back a number of years before anybody's done that.
2: Yeah. Franny anyone is texting 5 through I don't want this to be somebody stood in at seven for a few minutes when someone was injured and therefore completed this. But I think well, three texts. Well, text. here's a shout. text would be nice. Yeah.
1: Someone, someone's given a text saying Sean O'Brien, which is a decent shout. I actually don't know. But that is somebody who would have yeah. been well able to.
0: By mm. all means, yeah. Jerry on YouTube says Dennis Leamy played all three, definitely. Leamy's definitely, yeah. Leamy's a good shout. Yeah.
1: Okay, we'll have to verify all you this. you go see. <laughs>
2: but you, the, the very learned listeners and watchers of Off the Ball were straight in.
0: And I'm sure there's going to be more suggestions as well. But there you go. Someone else has followed in with Sean O'Brien. Sean O'Brien could play them all, which isn't quite the same thing he as most. Could, those. but did he play them yeah, all? Yeah, so I, I don't know, Texter.
2: Yeah, <laughs> well, obviously, naturally, he would have played at seven. I presume he would have got some game time at six. Did he play games at eight? there we go keep them coming 53106 and on YouTube we'll try and verify them I'm sure there are fact checkers out (laughs) in the office somewhere someone
1: is scrolling through ESPN Scrum Info or whatever it's called now and it's like trying to see where certain people played. look again keep them coming Uh, World Cup this
2: has been fantastic fun Richie the last couple of days because I was watching Germany earlier and all the pre-match talk was ah they've handed out a 6-0 beating and despite the fact that today is you know a potential banana skin they should still beat Korea and qualify for the next round but the Germans are
1: out Another of the pre-tournament favourites crashing out at the group stage. Germany held to a one-all draw by South Korea in Brisbane. Uh, they had 40 minutes as well of added time to try and find a winner there this morning and couldn't. That result coupled with Morocco's 1-0 win over Colombia. Uh, the team Germany beat by six goals to nil earlier in the tournament means Germany are out. Colombia will face Jamaica in the last 16 with the tournament debutants Morocco set for a date with France. Should be a unique one for Morocco's coach Reynald Pedros. Uh, Former France men's international and a former coach of Lyon, where he won two women's champions leagues.
2: Okay. Um, Anonymous here has uh, come in. Peter Romani has definitely played all three, was at eight against the USA in 2013. So even if he is using ESPN scrum info, this is very quickly turned around. This has really fired people up. Yeah. (laughs) Jerry on YouTube suggesting Jordy Murphy, and David Wallace did from Anonymous. Wallace is
1: a good shout, yeah.
2: Yeah. And I like how certain that was as well. David Wallace yeah. did. It's not David Wallace question mark. <laughs> David Wallace it? did. From David Wallace. <laughs> From David Wallace. <laughs> <laughs> He'd be a good source in fairness. Um, right. Keep them coming. Um, there are some very good suggestions. Come here. Maybe Caelan yeah. Doris' club is not as unique as we initially thought it might be. Um, but So there we go. That is a fantastic result for... Um, Korea to get the draw against Germany and then for Morocco to benefit from it. Like Morocco and World Cups in the last six months, Richie. Exciting times.
1: Loving it. As somebody who's in Morocco for their triumphs um, (laughs) uh, back in December, I'm absolutely delighted to see them do well. And the scenes that followed... Uh, their win this morning over Colombia would like they'd make you know somebody with a heart of stone, uh, cry tears of joy. Like they were absolutely immense. Raul Pedros, as I mentioned himself, the manager, uh, openly weeping on the pitch. Players down their knees, uh, jumping and hugging and kissing and dancing. There's something brilliantly unvarnished about this World Cup and perhaps women's football in general, whereby there's there's no cynicism about it. Really, there's no uh, sense of we've done all this before and we're just you know waiting to see what happens. Like the the some of the scenes that have followed teams getting through from the group stages have been worth watching as much as some of the games have been absolutely brilliant To Morocco's this morning uh, were were none more uh, none more heartening uh, and yeah Peter O'Mahony did start at number 8 for Ireland against the United States in 2013 so there you go bet you can't name who started a hooker that day by the way I can't go on Richard Strauss oh wow there is a name for you you're getting into that, like this.
2: This, this is what happens with these USC <clears throat> games. You get like players who were capped only a few times, and then mm. again, I think this could be a really good round in the crappy quizzes. So let that's not uh, ruled that out.
1: There's a strong Ulster flavour to that team as well, by the way. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Anyway
1: <laughs> Come back to the room This is the, this, this is the problem When I get like, Locked on Wikipedia
2: <laughs> It's not the rabbit hole I exactly expected But there we go no. Arthur I was going to ask you With the World Cup Whether this is a good Or a bad thing as a neutral So obviously we've enjoyed The stories of Jamaica What's happened with Morocco today But to lose teams Even if they are misfiring A little bit Like Brazil And
0: Germany Might
2: affect what could have been Heavyweight games In the next round
0: Yeah I It all It Oh look it's very difficult to say from someone like for the underdog's perspective to kind of find some way to sour that because of I suppose your own outside interest I tend to think it probably does end up coming back to bite you later on I mean typically when there might be more one-sided games in the knockouts but look it's it's not to be sniffed at it's still great and ultimately when you still get down to the sort of Quarter final, final four, into the final itself. You will have teams that are of a standard that will make sure it's still entertaining. But it might just have a little, I suppose, a little short term gain, medium term pain, long term. gain, It'll be fine. But it is um, that's fantastic. Like it's it's amazing for these countries to be getting that type of first of all that sort of exposure and just that sort of experience is just it's it's it, it can do wonders. Like you you imagine what it must be like now, and you can imagine even from an Ireland perspective. I know it. It's not like... Does it like, alter our perspective a little bit when you see teams like Jamaica qualifying? Uh, I don't know. Like no. it's, it's, I, I don't no, know the context. Groups. Yeah,
1: I, I, don't, I wouldn't groups. know. And by, um, yeah, and by no means were we blown out of the water in any of those three games either. Like, like, And like, I, I think to <clears throat> come away with a one-goal defeat uh, from uh, than Australia, like who are a powerhouse in, in women's football, is immense. To do like a one-goal defeat against Canada and probably feeling that we should have gotten at least a draw maybe even won the game... Mm. Like, like I know it, it, people can talk about moral victories, but um, the the results were fair, and the results being fair were us fighting above our weight, um, and that should never be lost sight of. Like, look, look who, like I mentioned there, look who Morocco have in charge of them. And this isn't disparaging our manager, like trying to compare like with like, but they've clearly put a bit of money into their women's setup when they're hiring somebody who's won two women's champions leagues to oversee their World Cup uh, campaign. Now, whether or not they lost to Germany or. or in their opening match, 6-0 now, is, is now moot because you've got somebody of the calibre, of Al-Pedros, who's played senior tournament football for France, who uh, has you know, won two Women's Champions Leagues, as I mentioned. Like, it, like, you, they, those people don't fall off trees and they don't certainly don't cost nothing. Um, so there's clearly been money and a plan put into women's football in Morocco to get them this far. And we are a certain ways down the line, I think, and I don't think uh, necessarily we're miles behind, but we'll get there.
2: Mm. Dave, cracking information. Not only did Sean O'Brien play in all three positions, but his first three starts for Ireland came at six, seven, and eight. Ah, oh, that's brilliant. That's pretty damn good. Dave, we have a great rugby audience, don't we? Right? <laughs> we do a very clued-in rugby audience as <laughs> well. From now on, let's just let the audience do the research. No longer we do plans for our pieces. We just throw it out there.
1: They'll come up with stats. Yeah. They'll, go, they'll do the work for us. <laughs>
2: <laughs> on It's you. like that time we used ChatGPT and it all went wrong. None of this information is verified. <laughs> Dave could be totally wrong, but I do trust him. Um, meanwhile, Richie, we've won a medal in the pool
1: at the World Paris Swimming. Yeah, we certainly we certainly have, even. Uh, Roshi Nerean won gold for Ireland at the Paris Swimming World Championships in Manchester this evening. She touched the wall first to the Limerick Swimmer in the final of the 100-metre backstroke S13. It's Nerean's second medal of the week and the second event in which she has secured Paralympic qualification via her finish. Meanwhile, Ronan Grimes took bronze in the individual pursuit at the Paracycling Track World Championships. They are in Glasgow. And if you'll pardon my uh, on the fly uh, searching, we did have another event in uh, just before uh, 7 pm as well, where Eve McChrystal uh, and co were going in the one kilometre uh, time trial. And uh, we'll get the result on that one a little bit later on. Katie George, Levy and Eve McChrystal going, as I say, in the 1k time trial there in uh, Glasgow. Results uh, not yet forthcoming, but bear with me and I'll try and get it for you before we wrap up tonight
2: pardoned Um, Katie George and Levy I would highly recommend as well watch her in conversation with Brian O'Driscoll which is available on our YouTube where uh, she talks about her most remarkable career and the success she's had since uh, switching to cycling over the last decade as well Uh, while you keep an eye on that Richie we talk about Max Mata leaving Sligo but some other ins and outs
1: across the league today as well yeah, certainly have been. Uh, the joint top scorer in this season's SSE or Premier Division moving to League One in England today. Sligo Rovers receiving an undisclosed fee from Max Manor from Shrewsbury Town. The Kiwi striker has signed a three-year deal at the New Meadow. Meanwhile, Drogheda United have also pocketed an undisclosed fee from Norwich for defender Emmanuel Baega. The 19-year-old has played 22 times for Drogs this season and only signed professional terms with the Louth Club three weeks ago. And despite being knocked back by Drogheda manager Kevin Dart in recent days, Cork City, still hope to have a new boss in place before the end of the season. Sporting director Liam Buckley has been in temporary charge since Colin Healy quit at the start of May. Cork occupied the relegation playoff spot and Buckley says they do hope to have someone in place to help them avoid the drop.
0: Yeah well that would be helpful uh, from that end of it um, because yeah a new coach coming in having a look you'd have to you'd have to gauge it then on on the current staff and myself uh, you know where all the players stand and whatever so yeah it would be ideal but uh, if it's not the case it's not to be in another kind of way but from where we're at as a group now at the moment uh, we want staff and players to take full responsibility for where we're at here and um, we will take full responsibility and we're going to give the right belt right through to the end of the season there won't be a game now that we turn up I don't want to I see any of the players there, there's no excuses we, we know, it's, it's full blown we're having the right belt there now to give us a chance of getting out of the bottom two
2: Cork's form has been worrying Newcastle opening up the checkbook as well Rich
1: uh, yes indeed they are they will pay uh, upwards of €40 million euro f- to Southampton for their fullback Tino Liveramento he's due to undergo a medical before signing a long term contract at St James's Park Liveramento's former club Chelsea will make a small fee from the sale too meanwhile Chelsea are to sign Robert Sanchez from Brighton the Spanish goalkeeper will cost an initial €23 million euro. talks are ongoing separately indeed uh, for Brighton midfielder Moises Caicedo who Chelsea or who Brighton seemingly uh, don't feel that they will uh, have an adequate bid for uh, before the start of the season. It seems like they're looking for somewhere in the region of 100 million quid uh, for the midfielder.
2: At this stage, Arthur, I wonder if Chelsea should just buy Brighton scouts. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Put the be, middle
0: man out. It would be a bit cheaper in the long run. I was surprised they were still buying. Yeah, I mean, do they, I, I'm not been too keeping mad on top of it, but have they cleared out much of their squad Yeah, I know Mount's obviously gone and a few others. Yeah. The body's gone. Gone, gone. So there's a kind of a little more level, is it? Bamian there's there, there's a
1: whole host of players have gone uh, this summer, yeah. They've they've had a massive clear out. And there's still others that are you know likely to go. Like you look at the likes of Mendy, he's gone off to, to Saudi yeah. Arabia as well. The the amount that they've gotten rid of is uh, is immense like so far. Uh, like Loftus Cheek's gone to Milan, uh Timo Bakiyoko's finally off to Booksaspa Laqueda went to Atletico Madrid and Golo Kante's gone to Al idiad Kai Harvard's to Arsenal, like they've gotten rid of a lot of players. Pulisic to Milan as well. Um, a lot of players gone a lot of players still coming in like they're still signing like uh, defenders for 45 million there's a guy coming in to Sassi from, from Monaco for 45 mil who's essentially just cover for Wesley Fafana, for whom they paid I think double that a year ago but is crocked again so um, yeah it's it's like they're they're a mad club in terms of what they're able to get away with with their spending uh, but by no means have they finished uh, in the transfer market this summer mm,
2: by no means have they spent well either but they are the uh, changes
1: um <laughs> Go with Hurdle Today on Ladies Day Richie? Crazy harsh uh, Zarak the Brave A 92 winner Off the Galway Hurdle Feature on day 4 Of the Galway Festival The meant, men or The Paul Tenet meant, Pardon me Trained by Willie Mullins Beat 16 to 1 shot Jesse Evans by a head My mate Mozzie Was third At a price of 15 to 2 And the 9 to 1 shot Al Husson Claimed the Nassau Stakes That was the feature On day 3 At Glorious Goodwood
2: um, I'm enjoying the YouTube here Arthur Which footballer Has scored the longest Range hat-trick in history No answer provided whatsoever Is this just like Question time on a Thursday what does that mean? Longest range, what? Combined? I it's the combined distance of the goals. Who'd know that? I don't
1: <laughs> <know>. <laughs> not, not who knows that, but who would know that? But who cares? Other people Why would anybody have that in the recesses of their brains? But it's just sort of, um, diff-
0: like, what way, as the crow flies? Like, how are we, uh, the trajectory of the ball? <laughs> <laughs> what way does it mark up?
2: <laughs> These are questions for Frank oh. on YouTube and not for me, Arthur.
1: Thursday trivia on off the ball. <laughs> the news lost. I kind of like it. Nathan can
2: deal with it next week. And uh, one final one to uh, get in before we go, Richie. A, a change on the board at West Ham. Uh,
1: yes, indeed, there is. And following on, of course, uh, from the death of David Gold, Vanessa Gold has been appointed the joint chair of West Ham uh, following the death of her father. As I say, the businessman and lifelong Premier League uh, fan of the Premier League club died in January at the age of 86. Vanessa says it will be an honour and a privilege to continue their family legacy there at uh, that particular club. And it looks like Katie George and Levy and Eve McChrystal have uh, had to settle for sixth position, Will, in that final of the one-kilometre time trial at the Paracycling Track World Championships in Glasgow.
2: More importantly, Richie, thanks for joining us for Thursday Trivia.
1: Here's to Rick Artstrauss.
2: Arthur, we'll see you a little bit later on. Thanks, Will.